0: If you're a parent, one of the things you care about more than most things is the well-being of your child. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Unless you're a horrible parent and then you're not going to care about your child's well-being. well-being.
1: But we're probably not talking to you, so. Right. You're <laughs> listening to a podcast
0: about parenting, so you probably care. Well, what do, we, what do we mean when we say we care about the well-being of our children? Mm-hmm. Okay. As Christian parents, the primary concern is do they know and love and follow the Lord? Mm-hmm. Hands down. That's all I care about. I believe all the other things, he will care for them in those other things. Mm-hmm. Well, but we also have other things. Like we want to make sure they're fed. We want to make sure they're, they're warm. They're not, you know, they're getting enough sleep. Yeah. Well, somewhere in there, we care about our children's emotional well-being.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are they happy? <clears throat> That's a term that I think Selena makes <laughs> Selena cringe.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, happiness. We have to define it, of course. But that's
0: it. So, do we mean happiness in a worldly sense, or do we do we mean joy? Well, I think we'll we'll go with joy. We'll go we'll go with that. Well, we'll and, on, and on the
1: scale of like what actually what matters, where does that fall, right. and why is that? Uh, why does it fall there? Right. What are the gauges we
0: use? Right. So according to some studies that were recently released, that children are struggling more than ever emotionally right now. And apparently, we're going to go through this article, there's one thing that child therapists say harms your child's happiness more than anything else. So we're going to read that article. We'll talk about that in the other this article not because we think it's just gonna put a fork in this conversation because it's the Huffington Post okay so it's like yeah. in terms of reliability I, take it or leave it okay <laughs> but I found this premise interesting and I wanted to see how they were processing through this question
1: yeah
0: um, and so it's I thought telling. it might be helpful to process through it with with our listeners. If you don't know who I am, my name is Ryan this is my lovely beautiful wife and the mother of our children, our four daughters, <laughs> Selena. Selena, how are you doing on this fine afternoon?
1: Doing all right, doing all right. This just baby, trying to wrangle this baby. She's getting to the point of needing to probably not be on the podcast anymore. She or is,
0: the, <laughs> the videos. She is like a millimeter away from crawling. Yeah, you are, aren't you? And you're I think a we're just.
1: Well, I think all the rest of them had a really hard time being away from me, and I had a hard time being away from them for longer periods of time, and so we're finally, after three children discovering that we can do a little bit more in a shorter amount of time. And that this one is actually way more content than the other ones. Cause I think she has other ones to play Seriously. with. <laughs> you know how
0: long it takes us to record these episodes uh, and, and editing and all that. If we're, if we have undivided focus, we could probably knock out two episodes an hour.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not happening these days it though. It's
1: not happening. It's okay.
0: So thank you for bearing with us. Uh, if you'd like to partner with us, we'd be honored Just go to fierce parenting.com slash partner It's through the generous uh, partnership. Mm. And I do mean that there are people that see the vision of what fierce marriage is, what fierce parenting is. They see it and they want to be a part of it because ideally you'll see God in it. You'll see God working through it. Um, That's about half of our monthly um, income as a family. So um, anyway, check that out. Fierceparenting.com slash a partner.
1: Thank you to our patrons already who are continually just giving to the mission.
0: Yes. And I forgot to rally uh, round up the new names, but we'll do that next week. So don't worry if that's you. Okay. So, um, here's the name of the article. It says this again, the Huffington post, I apologize. Okay. But what media outlet isn't questionable these days? I mean, even like <laughs> no, Christianity today is just like, it's, yeah. So we're just going to go through this. Uh, the one thing a child therapist say, excuse me, the one thing that child therapists say harms kids happiness the most yeah. Subtitle is record numbers of children and teens are struggling emotionally right now. Here's how parents can help. Mm. Okay. So as you read that, what, make, what, what are you thinking? Like, what are you, I'm thinking of teenagers. I'm thinking of uh, screens. I'm thinking of internet. I'm thinking of right. social media. I'm like, well, I'm trying to make all these guesses in my mind right. of what that thing is. Yeah.
1: Same. Um, tracking with you.
0: And the reality is it's probably a complex stew
1: of everything. <laughs> yes
0: um, but actually, the, th- the one thing they said surprised me, so I'm just going to read a few of these i'm not going I'm not going to read every sentence in this article, but we'll read a large portion of it. it says children and adolescents in the u s today reap the benefits of decades of medical and psychological research. We are able to diagnose and effectively treat mental health conditions to a degree that wasn't possible only a generation ago hmm. with a wider arsenal of pharmacological options. <laughs> And increasingly targeted and sophisticated non-invasive therapies. Okay. All of that should be taken with (laughs) a massive grain of salt. Big claims. I don't know that we've gotten better at this. I think we've thrown more stuff at the wall and a little bit more of the stuff maybe sticks part of the time. Uh, But I don't necessarily buy all of that. Yeah. The quality of kids' mental health should be trending up, but the opposite is happening. Kids today are struggling more than ever. The pandemic dealt a significant blow to everyone's emotional health and reduced our support networks to Zoom squares on a screen. Uh, okay, well, I, dis- I disagree with that. All right. We did great.
1: We're never going <laughs> to thrive in COVID. We yeah.
0: did so, so great, we had a baby. <laughs> no, but okay.
1: We're never going to get through this if you keep kids <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. I'm questioning this, is... this decision. Yes. <laughs>
0: But the writing on the wall before the writing was on the wall before March 20. Kids emotional well-being was already on the decline. Oh, OK.
1: I'm on the edge of my seat. In
0: 2020, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention released its Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance Data Summary and Trends Report. What? <laughs> Surveillance data? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where are you surveilling children? Weirdos. And
1: do you have their permission? Sorry. Their parents' permission? <laughs>
0: Uh, I I, I promise this is supposed to be a serious episode. It found that the number of high (laughs) schoolers, high schoolers, (laughs) it found that the number of high schoolers reporting, quote, such persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in the past year that they couldn't participate in their regular activities rose 40% between 2009 and 2019. The number who had considered suicide rose by 36%. So this isn't a new thing. This is is pre-pandemic. Yeah. And of course, the pandemic, as the author's Just saying, has, it, yeah. has amplified it and agitated it. Okay. In 2021, Surgeon General Vivek Murthy issued an advisory regarding youth mental health. The pandemic, he wrote, exacerbated the unprecedented stresses young people already faced. There's another survey talks about the percentage of high schoolers who considered suicide rose again. This is a survey done in 2021 from 18.8% up to 22.2%. And the percentage who attempted suicide rose from 10, 8.9% to 10.2%. That's astounding.
1: Hmm.
0: There's suicide ideation and there's suicide attempting. And if I'm going to take a, a shot at it, I think it's because we've unmoored ourselves from a meta-narrative that actually helps make sense of life. Hmm. These children have nothing to live for. Um, and the, And you give them nothing but... Uh, glossed over filtered perfection mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. They and, don't know
1: how to actually deal with reality. They aren't yeah. equipped. They don't have the tools, nor do they have the abilities to actually dissect and the abstractness in their brain hasn't physically fully developed. Exactly. At that point. So you're you're it's just a recipe for complete disaster without if your parents especially are hands off or are not as involved and engaged although I have seen stories where parents are engaged and still kids are just, they're on their own. They're, they're, they're still finding ways to
0: hurt themselves. Well, there's going to be, you know, anomalies, but by and large, uh, it's, I think our society has unmoored itself. And that's, to me, that's the biggest contributor. And it's, it goes back a hundred years. Anyway, we, we talked about postmodernism in another episode, but that's, I think the big unmooring is because Leotard and his his whole brood—they're kind of the postmodernist thought leaders. Mm-hmm. They said that at the root of postmodernism is a is a disdain for the meta all, any type of meta narrative. Mm. I mean, like there shouldn't be anything that cohesively holds anything together. Mm. Um, and that's worked its way into the mainstream. And now, yeah, we're all we're all completely atomized. Mm. So, so th- they they're addressing this problem and they're saying, okay. Kids are ki- wanting to kill themselves. Kids are thinking about and trying this. Yeah. And now they're trying to figure out why. <laughs> and so they said, what's behind these startling numbers? For one thing, there is the ubiquity of social media permeating every aspect of kids' lives. Okay, I think that's the, a symptom. It's so
1: obvious. <laughs> yeah, the symptom.
0: Um, data indicates a correlation yeah. between social media use and the mental health concerns, especially for teen girls. Amen. That is there. It's true. If you don't know, check that out. Um, there also, there's also our unrelenting grind culture, pressuring kids at earlier ages to achieve and succeed at every undertaking. So they can, in theory, eventually climb the ladder to wealth and life free from worry. So there it is. That's their big thing. They're positing is the reason these kids are unhappy is because the parents expectations are too high. And actually what, I'll, go, I'll just go on to to say this, because I think this adds a little a little twist to it that is helpful for us to think about. She says, it sounds counterintuitive, but when HuffPost asked child psychologists about the biggest threats to kids' happiness today, they all mentioned parents' relentless pursuit of their kids' happiness and how it can be counterproductive to their children's well-being in the long term. And so then they go into um, a, a whole bunch of paragraphs about why we just need to basically be okay with kids having emotions that aren't happiness. Wish which there's
1: some grain of truth to that. You can't mm-hmm. expect your kids to be happy all the time. Are you happy all the time? Like we can't, that's not, that's not a, it's not a good goal to have <laughs> clearly. Right. It's not an attainable goal. Again, you're just forcing on more perfection, more expectations that they can't meet.
0: So this is, this is funny. Cause yeah. Um, Identify. I, I what's what's the word uh, our terms defining our terms is very important very important because as christians we have a version of happiness that is godly and good to pursue right. and what is that that is christ he in him right we have all life of our fulfillment yeah. we have all we need for life and godliness yes. um what is the what is our only hope in life and death that i am not my own but i bela- but i belong heart and soul mind and body to christ right that's my only hope. Right. And our, and so as Christian parents, I think I, I, I push against this because I, we tell our girls not, and I want to hear what you have to, to add, but I always summarize it like this to our daughters when, especially around hard things, like if they want to go play and it's time to do chores yeah. or if they want Disappointment, to Disappointment,
1: not getting what they want.
0: Right. Or if they're sad or any sort of disciplinary.
1: Correction. Correction.
0: Yeah. I always remind them, what is dad? What is my only job? and they say this to maximize my joy
1: yeah we've trained them and, in and they say mind. how
0: do i max how do you maximize your joy by knowing and obeying Christ yeah like, so in in that way like yeah pursue as your parent i unashamedly care about your happiness
1: mm-hmm.
0: now if i'm defining it like that <laughs> now what happens is k- kids don't define or parents don't define it like that they define it like well as long as you're never sad as long as you're never bored, as long as you are doing things you asked to do, you're getting things you asked me to get you. Right. That should be we have a very materialistic grind Consumer version driven, of happiness.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's a consumer-driven happiness. Like consume, consume, get what mm. you need, get, get, get. Uh when the Bible tells us that it's it's in the giving up. It's in the uh laying down your life, you know, for others. Is that the joy is to be found in and what goes against our flesh. Right. And the only way to the godliness, the, the, the joy that is found in, in being a follower of Christ and being a Christian, it comes through obedience and obedience. Sometimes it's really awesome and it lines up with our desires and it's joyful, but more often than not, it's hard and it goes against our flesh, the spirit and the flesh, they, Mm -hmm. they wage war against each other. Right. And so, you know, with this article saying, you know, the number one thing that, is harming kids, is, is parents' expectations. And it's, it's a question of, you know, where, where are the parents, where are the, where are you getting these gauges and these goals and these objectives for your children? Why are those the things that you're aiming for and shooting for?
0: No, it's, and the expectations are driven by, by, the, that those questions right and the reasons behind parents pursuing the the right. the success of their children is because they believe that if you achieve a certain brand of success mm. that you will basically be okay you'll be safe you'll be provided for you'll have a, a good job whatever which is a it's a godless yeah. thing like if you do it aside from god right uh it's a good and worthy thing all parents want that but yeah. if it's godless it's bad i'll say it, i'll say it that way yes um now here's an example of it We don't have a ton of time, but here's an example of it. If you have, uh, well, we, our girls can, so sometimes we pack the schedule so tight that they just get run ragged. Yeah. Right. We're going to friends. It's all good stuff. Going to choir practice, going to school, uh, co-op on Mondays, going to grandma and grandpa's house, swimming, swimming lessons, piano lessons, (laughs) choir. And there there comes a time when they are just run down by the amount of, things that we're doing then they're all good things Mm -hmm. and so I think what can happen is if you you see this a lot around sports if if you have parents who really want what's good for their kids and they see good as uh involvement in activities pretty soon you're filling up this child's entire life with things and they're going to be crushed under the weight of it right and then obviously you don't want them to fail so you're encouraging you may not be like hey hit a home run or you know, get your, (laughs) get your batting average up or you're grounded. That might not be what you're saying, but like you're encouraging good behavior. You're reinforcing not good behavior. You're encouraging small wins. You're reinforcing that. So now they're getting the sense that.
1: Well, and if that's the only positive message that they're getting is when they're doing this activity, then that, that there's a problem, right? Like if, 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 if our kids are doing these activities to to get that attention at that only t- and that's the only time they get it then there's going to be an incentive for them to do it if it if it's on top of already, you know, coming from a home that is already one that is encouraging the things of God uh that the heart orientation of the child is towards the things of Christ and they are, the orientation of your family and of your husband who should be the spiritual head is our foundation is Christ then sports really should be contributing to that understanding, not taking away from it, not dividing it, not, uh, challenging it. Hmm. And so like you said, you know, I don't think these things are necessarily bad, but again, if they're, if they're not, if the orientation and the foundation is not in Christ first and foremost, it's so easily going to be going to tear the child, uh, from anything at
0: home. Well, eventually yeah, the unmooring continues and you end up adrift in, uh, in uh, the ocean and as life goes on the the waves get choppier the yeah. winds get harsher yeah. the storms get bigger and <laughs> bad things happen well so, is their
1: savior is there do they believe their savior is gonna come right. and, and walk on water so,
0: <laughs> I want to walk through the highlights of this article really fast and just want to contrast and here's the point we're trying to make we're not trying to say that um we shouldn't let our kids do things we shouldn't encourage them to excel we right. should we're not saying any of that stuff we're saying that there is a, a foundational worldview question in play in, in our children's lives. And our biggest job, especially in the first decade of a child's life, is yeah. to make sure that, that that cement is no longer wet. Mm-hmm. That we've, we've built the forms, we've brought in the concrete, we've screeded it out, we've made it what it needs to be. Yeah. Now we can build. A, so that, that's, that's my big thing here is that we want to tend to the foundational yeah. worldview of our children and then be wise in these things. So let's talk about each one of the highlights. So this author is saying it's the pressure. It's the, it's the, the, the pressure to be happy yeah. that is crushing our kids. Right. And so here's how to relieve that pressure and have a better relationship with your kids so they can more cope with negative emotions. That's what the author is trying to okay. say. Yeah. So I want to talk about each one of these highlights or the headli- headlines um, and with the Christian like worldview without it. Yeah. So she says this normalize feeling, a whole range of emotions, not just happiness. I think that's, that's copacetic, uh, with the Christian worldview. We can, we can say that's good, like, but here's how you cope. Not just by intentional breathing, not by going to your happy place, not by self-affirming. You're it's by looking to Christ. yourself away. Yeah. Yep. So here's how you cope with anger. Look mm. to Christ. Here's how you cope with despair. Look to Christ. Well, and the
1: big question here is, are you as the parent modeling that?
0: Mm. you're not supposed to convict us on here sorry
1: yeah (laughs) instruct not convict
0: here's how to deal with disappointment look to christ Mm. it's like and then so you look to christ first and then you let him be the source of your consolation Mm -hmm. and then step down whatever the next steps are like if you're disappointed well okay my hope's not in the thing i'm disappointed about it's in christ deep breath. Okay. Christ, what would you have for me?
1: Yeah. Or I'm disappointed. And yeah, maybe Mm. I put too much weight in this and I shouldn't have put that much weight in it or Mm. shoot. I'm disappointed because I didn't make the team or I, I messed up. Right. It's like, well, Mm. here's, here's a great conversation for grace. Here's a great conversation for loving, um, knowing that you're loved no matter how you know, you achieve or perform or whatever it is that your kid is, is doing right. Here's an opportunity for you to really like mm-hmm. love them through it and know that like our expectations is not for us to be hundred percent pedal to the middle happiness all the time. You can deal with these emotions. Here's how we go mm. through this. We're always looking to Christ. Everything should be pointing back. Like you said, and looking to Christ.
0: Mm. Oh. So, um, show them how to cope with these emotions, normalize, not always being happy. I think that's totally fine. As long as is at the center, have daily conversations. This is just the author, I think, saying, like, connect with your kids. Okay. Uh, what are the conversations entailing? Well, if there's no depth to be had because you've jettisoned belief or yeah. you've jettisoned you substantive <laughs> gospel, Yeah. then what are you going to talk about? Right. Uh, right. So, in other words, you can't lead them where you've never been.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you don't know Christ, how can you introduce your children to him?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and so that's that. We had those conversations, yeah. but go to Christ and have Him be the center of those conversations. Now, not every conversation you have with your kids is going to be preaching the gospel to them. It's not going to be exegeting scripture. It's not going to be just prayer conversations. Like, but they need to know deep in their guts that Christ is at the center of that. Mm, that's good. Um, that's good. Um, practice gratitude again. Okay, so gratitude where into the ether am i thanking the universe for the things that i have am i am i thanking which god um, again <laughs> right. practice gratitude be thankful oh gratitude to god look, yeah gratitude <laughs> looks different depending on who it's going to right really? okay we're going to go through this quickly show children that your love for them is unconditional and their value isn't con- contingent <laughs> I think I just said that. on measures of success <laughs> i agree with that yeah and yeah. it's going to it's but but, but why yeah. why is your love unconditional and why where is their value if it not in their right. it's not on their success? Because my, you can tell them yeah. success isn't make you valuable, but then if you're functionally yeah, living as if your own value comes from your success. Right. Right. Well, they're not gonna believe they're it. They're not gonna
1: believe it, yeah. And how can we love unconditionally until we've first been loved ourselves unconditionally in mm. Christ and in the grace of God?
0: Finally, uh, <laughs> com- keep comparisons. <laughs> We're running out of time, as you can hear. <laughs> keep comparisons to a minimum. Amen. We compare to Christ. We don't compare to others. We don't compare to others on Instagram, TikTok, whatnot, uh, which by the yeah. way, get your kids off TikTok. Yeah. If they're on TikTok, it's, there's nothing good to be had. Um, we we compare to Christ. We don't compare to those things. Uh, I'll just end it there. I'll end it there. There's a few more headlines, but I think we're good. So we've talked a lot about worldview and talked a lot about the gospel. If you don't, if you don't know what the gospel is, or you don't know who Jesus is really, you might've heard his name. You've been, you know, you've opened presents under a Christmas tree. Well, that's there because Christ was born. If you've ever picked up an Easter egg, (laughs) Easter is the event where we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. If you don't know the details of who Jesus is and what it means to place your faith in him, uh, we want you to know that. And the best way to learn those things is to walk alongside somebody who already follows Jesus. So find a friend is what we're going to say who knows Jesus. Grab him by the hand and say, teach me about Jesus. Or find a church that will preach to you from the Bible. Here's the key: listen to it. Mm-hmm. Listen to what the Bible has to say yeah. about your eternal soul, mm-hmm. friend. If you don't have access or easy access to one of those things, we're going to say try. But if if you can't find those things um, or those people, go to uh, thenewsisgood.com dot com, and that should give you some direction. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for just your goodness that you were always there. you your your word is timeless, always timely in our hearts. Uh, we pray that, you, that we would be people of your word, be people of your truth, who are rooting our uh, our entire worldview in you, especially around topics like these, um, helping our kids deal with emotions that, that are unsavory, whether they're feeling despair, sadness, depression, anxiety, whatever those emotions are, help us to wisely steward the hearts and minds of our children, but not to do so... Um, uh, in the wind, so to speak, but rather to do so rooted on you uh, and built on you, our only solid rock. We love you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Our baby is antsy. I think she's ready for a nap. So this episode of fierce parenting is in the can we'll see you again in seven days until next time. Stay fierce.